once I see you, the device works properly. Then release me. I don't much doubt it. You see, before you reactivated it, I reversed the polarity of the neutron flow. You realize what will happen? Oh, yes. You. First, the polarity of the neutron flows so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. So he's reversed the polarity! Keep back! Hello, and welcome to Reversing Polarity, a Doctor Who fancast where spreadsheet trouble <laughs> ruined my introduction. <laughs> Um, my- hey, hey, excuse me. <laughs> I think it's essential spreadsheet admin that keeps the wheels on this bus going round and round. So much fucking spreadsheet admin. Like, guys, you do not know how much spreadsheet admin we do behind the scenes of this podcast. If it wasn't for the spreadsheet admin, our lives would be in even more disarray than they already are. Anyway, um, <laughs> my name something. is Rosie, my pronouns are them, and I haven't mentioned this in a while, but I am a supply teacher and I've been so fucking busy. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> um, are you okay, babes? I'm, I've been very busy. Class today was, the morning was fine, the afternoon, I had to help them rehearse their play. Oh my god, the number of oh, disagreements wow. year sixes can get into over a cardboard go-kart. <laughs> Can't blame them. Um, my name is Aim, my pronouns are also they, they, them. I work at Oxford and term has finished. So now I just need to do all the work I didn't do during term and I'm also horrifically busy. Hurrah. Well, love it here. The great news is that we got to spend we got to waste 2 hours of our finite human existence watching no, the invasion of time. No, 2 and a half hours. 2 and a half hours of our finite human existence watching the Fourth Doctor and Leela and K9 serial The Invasion of Time. Not well regarded by anybody. Especially not us. But, God, we were meant to record this two days ago, um, and I hadn't watched the serial yet because I've been putting it off for two weeks. Yep. And I got to Sunday morning. And you messaged me. I, I think me. I just texted you, us having a breakdown. <laughs> you were having an absolute having breakdown. A breakdown. I had watched the first four episodes on Saturday evening, like, this is horrible. I have to just push through. I hate this. I hate, And I'd been messaging you like... This is fucking interminable, which I stand by. It is interminable. You're not wrong. And you messaged me because on Sunday this... morning that was like, I'm, I'm going to speed run it. I'm going to watch it at 1.5 speed. And I was like, Aim, we can postpone the recording session. By the time you sent that message, I was standing in my kitchen, like exhaling small screams and flapping yeah. my hands. It is... So thank you so much. Yeah, it is because we have not required we've we haven't recorded regularly in quite a long time because life happens shit happens so it's been such a time i had a breakdown and didn't edit for 6 weeks and now aim got to have a mini breakdown so it's okay i recovered really quickly yes, i, I watched most of the invasion of time and didn't die so it's fine uh, yeah I spent a lovely day exploring the Cotswolds. Oh, nice. So that's good for brains. Cotswolds are lovely. Yeah. Um, Went back to the Royal Wright Stones, featured in the Stones yes. of Blood. I didn't realise that if you... It's so good. I love the Stones. We nearly broke into... Ghost Story for Christmas. Sorry, I just got a mention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, we did try nearly climb over the fence to the Whispering Night Stones because there's a little... Somebody put a thing in one of the stones. We couldn't Ooh. read it. And then we decided we shouldn't because we get cursed by the Fae and went for a walk in the woods instead. And we found a labyrinth made of trees. So we had to walk around all of that. And again, 
may have got cursed by the Fae. That's fair. Um, Has nothing to do with the invasion My of recent experience of mazes, there was a maze on the playground at school today. And then the other thing was, I mean, you may have noticed, listeners, that we're um, delaying talking about the invasion of time. Um, but recently I watched a movie with Alex, of course. Um, and after, mm-hmm. I think it was Blood on Satan's Claw we watched, actually. Fucking good yeah. as hell. Oh my God, it's so good. And Anthony Ainley is in it? Nobody told me Sad. Anthony Ainley was in Blood of Satan's Blood on Satan's Claw. <laughs> like, nobody told me that. <laughs> But it's tracks. So he was a gay bicker, wasn't he? He was. <laughs> um, he wasn't. This gay. is what I would call it. <laughs> I, I said that he'd been accused of noncing someone, but he didn't nonce her. It's a different thing than being gay. Like, vicar gay as fuck for not molesting the sixteen-year-old. I don't think it quite works. I um, did not remember the molestation. I just remembered. A gay vicar. Yeah. Anyway, Wendy Padbury was very good. Uh, misremembered. Even if she did say. get murdered, very good film. You should watch it, everybody. Uh, CW for sexual assault. As with many horror. Do you movies, know what you? Sh- do you know what you shouldn't watch? What is it? T- invasion of time. It's the invasion of I time. Had you seen this one before? I didn't finish telling my story about mazes. <laughs> oh shit! Go for that. Well, after Blood on Saints Claw, I I made Alex watch the 15 minute long uh, ITV Schools adaptation. <laughs> Of Mr. Humphreys and his inheritance, which is a M.R. James story about a haunted maze. Uh, and it was not very good, but there was one insane visual in it that genuinely I was like, what the fuck? And then it like ended. Okay. And I was like, what on earth? Like, he looks through a hole in the map of this maze, and in the hole, he can see all the way down into fucking hell, like the pits of hell. Okay. And there's his, his like, dead uncle's, like, face melting away to reveal his skull. What? Insane. What? Insane. It was like fucking dragon mm. fire in there. Anyway, uh, no, mm. I had not seen The Invasion of Time before. <laughs> and I thank God every day that I hadn't. I didn't know how good <sighs> my life either. was until I watched The Invasion of Time. Like... I regret spending my time on this so much more than I regret watching like the twin dilemma because at least the twin dilemma the twin dilemma was at least it's fun colorful it's weird like it's boring but like you can say there's oh no I plot, watched the but twin there's... dilemma and everyone knows that it's dog shit and they're like oh my god you did it you watched the worst one and now I'm like maybe the invasion of time is worse because I'm just so bored I was so bored like I yeah Doctor Who so um, rarely commits the crime of being boring for that long oh yeah it's a sort of like I'm used to it being slow I've seen enough 60s Who that I'm used to it being slow but at least more stuff happens yeah it's <sighs> should we get into the get into the synopsis? let's just let's just fucking go for we've it we've got a lot um, of discussion in the notes here which I quite like <laughs> for a boring episode we sure have a lot to say about it mm. um, the Doctor returns to Gallifrey claims his rights, and is crowned president. It soon turns out that he's <laughs> led a group of aliens called Vardens to the planet to eradicate them completely. Genocide! <laughs> Do we have a genocide klaxon? Oh, Can we have I a genocide klaxon? One. It's like, it's just for going, Do I have the right? And then like, party horns or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. He just sadly like, honks his clown horn, like, yes, I guess this time I did have the right. Like, you know. After they're destroyed, the Centaurans take their opportunity and follow them in their invasion until they are destroyed by the Doctor. Fucking why? That's it. That's the, that's it? all the six episodes. Ugh. I don't know. Licensing. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's a fascinating background explanation for why, but oh my god! That is literally all that happens, and it's six 25-minute episodes. Like When I tell you there's a lot of running through the same corridor over and over and over and over again. Yeah, every scene goes on for like seven hours. Oh my god. Right, episode one. The fourth Doctor meets a group of aliens in space who look like rudimentary dildos, thanks, Aim, uh, and returns to Gallifrey. Yeah, I'm just not not even going to linger on that one. And returns to Gallifrey, bringing Leela and K9 with him. He continues to neg Leela and just generally be horrible to her and K9. Uh, he's behaving very strangely, and when the Chancellery Guard under their commander Andrid arrive at the Panopticon chamber to interrogate him, the Doctor demands to be taken to Chancellor Baruso, who is now in charge of the Time Lords. And I just have one note here, um, which is I was watching it. And Andred was kind of serving cunt in his first scene. Like, he was just kind of, like, he was strutting. He had a beautiful pose. He was, like, leaning. God, his his Abba-esque costume. He's got, like, knee-high gold lame boots on. It's incredible. It's it's so much. I was... I wish that he was more. I was so bored with the serial that I started coming up with a Leela and Andred backstory in my head that wasn't happening. I was like, man, if only they were, like, Ansel and Bambara. So now I'm just imagining (laughs) that that's what the dynamic is. Because there is none. There's really nothing. I'm like Stan, Leela, Andred, because Andred is nice to her. <laughs> Unlike, but also, if you're at the stage where someone being nice to you is enough to claim your heart, then there's some work to be done. Yeah, Stan, Leela, Andred, Rodan. Actually, that's my real perspective. Actually, yes. because I think that would work that's... very well. They balance. Well that would be lovely. They do. Anyway, there's a lot of fucking bullshit, like techno babble, whatever Gallifrey bullshit in this paragraph. This is a sequel to The Deadly Assassin, which I've not watched and is apparently very good. Um, yeah, The Deadly Assassin is good Gallifrey, Gallifrey bullshittery. This tries to do it without realizing all the things that worked about The Deadly Assassin. It's like, like people rag on Arc of Infinity and Time Ram podcast, recommended by the way, listeners, uh, does rag on Arc of Infinity a bit. But I feel like that does the Gallifrey and bullshit in a more interesting way because it kind of goes, hey, this is a mm. corrupt society. All of this shit's gone down in the past. And there's a bunch of like assholes that live there. Whereas in this one, I'm like, what is anyone doing here? Like the Time Lords are presented as like kind of boring, but not like corrupt, except for one guy. And I'm like, I want like six railing against the Time Lords in Trial of a Time Lord. I'm not interested in this sort of milk toast. Like, oh, maybe they're bad. I don't know. They're definitely bad. Yeah, yeah. I want like the whole thing, and I don't like the end of time. But I do like the fact that when Gallifrey's back, Ten is like, ah, fuck, I, I miss them, but I didn't want them back. <laughs> um, mm. It's more the concept of mm. Gallifrey that he misses and the some of the Time Lords that he liked. But on the whole... <laughs> the idea of nostalgia as being nostalgic for the thing... He wants it to be around so that he can deliberately avoid going there. <laughs> That's like me and my parents' home. Oh, mate... <laughs> I'm glad it's there. I'm glad I'm not. The, the Doctor claims the vacant presidency of Gallifrey having been a candidate. This room where he does it is the fucking time fracture room and I was so pleased. It's beautiful. I was like... You can, there's, a, there's a lot of little things about time fracture and I was like, oh, that reminds me of my friends at time fracture. Yeah, God, I miss my friends. And that was good. I miss my friend Captain Stephen really Davies miss... of the Tortured Institute card. Oh, I miss our best friend. I hope he's okay. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he and Leonardo. I hope he's found more together. American bee sticks. <laughs> I hope so. Um, after the demise of Chancellor Goth, why did he? Why did the Chancellor die? I don't. I don't remember. I these can't things. remember. The, he's called I've Chancellor Goth. <laughs> it's funny, I guess. <laughs> like 
The aliens watch him keenly, stating that they have chosen well. So the Vardens are sort of tinfoil. Also aliens. really badly cut. Pardon? So you know the bits when they're cutting to the, the Vardens commentary? Yes. It sucks they sort of cut to that view screen with their dialogue for usually about two seconds. There's no hold between the shots. It's it's yeah, really, it's really jarring. There's a real lack of visual continuity in this serial that I'm sure we'll get to in the critique portion when we're talking about running around endless warehouses that are apparently the TARDIS. Um, God. But like, there's just a la- like the director has worked on Doctor Who before, right? Ger- Gerald Blake. Yep. Um, yep. This serial. And I don't know what else he had done. The Abominable Snowman, I think, had some fairly famous visuals. This serial has nothing remarkable about the visuals. And in fact, quite a lot of the time, is just feels quite incompetently made. Uh, yeah, I think it's partly having correct. to work around the fact that fucking nothing is happening. Like, the editing yeah. is part of the issue. Because the frame, like the framing of the Vardans is fine. Like, it's CSO tinfoil guys standing about going, Ah, yes, we have chosen well. <laughs> I can't remember what the voice is like, so... It's it's very much it's to me it sounded like a TV advert announcer. Oh yes, we have chosen well. <laughs> Those were the line reads. I swear to God. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking about. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking about the Hastings uh, phone number thing. Ten sixty six. The Vardens are like advertising fucking insurance or something. Space insurance. Yeah. Time insurance. Time insurance. If you th- is that anything? If you feel that you're in danger on your time travel adventures, never fear. Us Vardens are here to make things fucking worse. <laughs> Buy Vardan insurance and we won't bother you. <laughs> Buy um, Vardan insurance. You've got the money, we've got the time. <laughs> yes, the Doctor chooses a presidential chamber and asks it be redecorated with lead lining throughout. Wow, I wonder why. Shortly afterward, a ceremony is held to swear him in as president of Gallifrey, and he is presented with the trappings of office. Woo! However, when the circlet connecting him to the Matrix, repository of all Time Lord knowledge, is placed on his head, the Doctor collapses in pain. Whoa! And uh, it's a very long hold. The CSO on the circlet. No, it's held for like 10, 15 seconds. You don't need it. And also the CSO on the circlet as it hovers. Yeah. Yeah. The CSO in this serial is just generally quite bad. Like the Vardens look awful. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know. They, they, yeah. Like, got, got some notes on that later on. Like, we love CSO and Doctor Who. Kai, the Flying Rainbow of Justice, is a perfect. Oh, uh, uh, perfect. Yes. Perfect boy. And yet. And yet. Uh, yeah, I like your note here. <laughs> yeah, the things that would improve the invasion of time. Watching The Matrix 1999 instead of the next five episodes. I haven't seen The Matrix. <laughs> it's on my list. I have the DVD. Rosie, you have seen so many films. I know. You have seen so many awful films. <laughs> And you've not made time. Yeah, you know what? I recently watched with Alex. Queer cult um, classic, The Matrix. With Alex, I watched the first three Robert the Doll movies. <laughs> the third one is a I, prequel I... set in Nazi Germany, but they filmed it all in Airbnbs. <laughs> I'm so glad you're my podcast co host. Yeah. You bring me endless joy. I, I do like to bring you joy. Yeah, Blood on Satan's Claw is the best movie we've watched recently. The rest of the time, we watch such fucking shit. What did I watch with it? Well, we watched uh, we watched Pitch Black, which I was barely paying attention to. That was like, it's Vin Diesel. Is it's the Chronicles of Riddick? <laughs> I'm trying to. So so I 
been through a couple of weeks where I didn't log my films on Letterboxd. I'm like, now I must have watched films and I don't know what. That's fair. I thought did I'd... watch Cabaret. Have I talked about Cabaret on the podcast? No, yet? but you should. Also, I've barely watched any Ugh. films this year because of my depression, and I'm just like, I need to catch up. I need to catch up. Depression will do that to you. Yeah. I highly recommend The Matrix. <sighs> I will. I have Episode two. Yeah, it's really good. Episode two. We'll be here forever. Yeah, God. That's how it feels um... watching the invasion of time. We're just recreating <laughs> the experience for the listeners. Except this is more fun. <laughs> well, yeah, because we get to talk about Robert the Doll. <laughs> it's the most fucked up doll I've ever seen in my life. Like, the real Robert the Doll is just a normal looking doll that's allegedly haunted. And then Robert the Doll well, is. Robert the, the Doll is fucking creepy, though. He, yeah, yeah, he's, he's creepy, creepy, but, like, Robert the Doll in the movie is this insane, like, sculpted thing with, like, one glassy, milky white eye and, like, this horrendous Joker sweat. It's so incredible. <laughs> Episode two. The doctor is taken to the chancellery to rest and recover. When he regains consciousness, he reminds the Time Lords that no aliens are allowed on Gallifrey and instructs that Leela be expelled from Capital Citadel, where she will have to fend in the wastelands. Fucking rude. He's so horrible to her under this ruse. And it's like, if it was any different from his usual behaviour, I might forgive it. But he's... In the two serials I've watched with Leela, he is so horrible. He's to not her. nice to her. Like I'm sure she we'll, we'll come better. up on this later, but like the way that Four treats Leela is just like reprehensible, and it's making yeah. me like him less and less. Yeah, like ugh, I'm sure I'll get to it, but like oh my god, he's such a cunt. <laughs> explicit tag. <She> tra- <laughs> oh, I tag them all as explicit. Oh, yeah. Don't yeah. worry, I know what we're like. She tries to avoid banishment, but the Doctor insists as president. The Doctor retreats to the TARDIS, where he shares a secret plan with K-9. He is obviously very concerned about the situation in which he's found is himself. Is this where the grinding noise that K-9's ears are making is audible over the dialogue, and it makes it really hard to hear what Four is saying? I think it is. There's like three yeah. scenes where that happens, because the audio mixing in this series is it's unbelievably bad. Meanwhile, Leela meets Rhoda. Woo! Yes, we like her. She's good, yes. actually. Yes, and I Like and Ice Princess the- Lesbian. <sighs> So good. Leela meets Rodan, and they find that a massive warship is moving towards Gallifrey. The Doctor is planning to aid an invasion of Gallifrey itself. To this end, he sets about destroying the transduction barrier that shields the planet from external threat. K-9 sets about this task while the Doctor returns to the Panopticon, the Great Hall of the Time Lords. He laughs cruelly as three alien beings start to materialise. Are they ghosts? Ugh, I don't know. I wish they were ghosts. That'd Would be it have been better if they were ghosts? Yeah, Gallifrey's fucking haunted. Like, steps onto TARDIS. Look at it. Gallifrey's haunted. Cox gun. Gallifrey's haunted. Walk back out of the TARDIS. That'd be interesting. Like, Hellbent Heaven Sent is essentially Gallifrey's haunted, right? Like, haven't mm-hmm. watched it yet. Gallifrey's... <laughs> With all of the corruption and stuff, Gallifrey's definitely haunted. Gallifrey's haunted. Haunted as shit. I want, I want a Gallifrey ghost story. Hey there, hey there Gallifreyans, it's me, your boy. <laughs> Gallifrey ghost story would be so good. Like, I feel like, um, is it... That's that's a zine. Can we get a, short, a zine of short stories called Gallifrey ghost stories together? Oh, fuck yes. I'm making a note. Hang on. Ah, uh, shit. that's actually a good idea? Hell yeah. I'm going to make a new document. <laughs> Wait, it's like, did you see that Kat um, actually did make uh, Gallifrey zine matrix Twitter? 
I did not, but I'm so glad. Yes. I've not been massively online. I'm going to follow it from the... I know you haven't. I'm going to follow it from the Reversing Polarity Twitter and be like, hey, look, we're going to have an episode with this person soon. You should check out the zines. Yeah, Gallifrey yes. Ghost Stories would fucking block because, like, obviously there are canonical ones, but they're all quite, like, written for children to be able to read, which is fine, but it's not as interesting. I want some fucked up shit. I want some fucked up shit. I've been reading fucking crawling horror creeping tales of the insect weird. <sighs> Yeah, that's the level you're I at. I finished Weird Woods. It was good. I wrote a very in-depth okay. review. <laughs> I should check that out at some point. They're all good. I love the British Library collection. I found one in a charity shop for a pound forty recently. I was like, yes, nice. It was the trains one. So I've got a book about what's the what train horror. There's another. There's that sounds really cool. I should check that out. I love haunted trains. Shit, episode three is my turn. <laughs> <laughs> Episode yep, three. Yep. The invading beings are known as Vardans. We knew about this. They appear as shimmering manifestations who made an alliance with the Doctor some time ago. That sentence is... Anyway. The Doctor advises the Time Lords, including the stubborn Barusa, to submit to their new and powerful masters. I can't believe Barusa's here when he should be officiating the Gallifrey Message Ball League. <laughs> <laughs> some people just slack off their duties. No, I can't believe this. Why isn't he there to, like... You know, adjudicate the football when, gets lost. Like one of them, it turns out the message ball is actually meant for them. So as soon as they kick it, it opens and it ruins the game. And they're like, "Ugh, why'd you do that, mate? Why'd you kick it?" And then he has to go and referee, like, refer- refer- like, referee, referee, like, referee, referee is our referee of doing his job. Pick them up by like the back of their stupid Gallifrey robes and be like, "Stop fighting about this stupid <laughs> game." And put them down again, um, which is what I Perfect. want to do every time a child gets into a fight about football. Um... <laughs> How often does that happen? More than I or anyone else would like. <laughs> oh, no. Fairly frequently. Usually it's like, he's not passing. And I'll go, yeah, he does need to pass more or I will take the football away. Um, I'm so glad I don't work with children. I respect you. Um, I love working with children. I love teaching. Playground duty is devilish. It's demonic. It's the worst. It's. I believe it's you. Sorry about it. Anyway... <laughs> Anyway, anyway, uh, he asks. Let's keep going. Yes, he asks Barusa to meet him in his office, where the Doctor explains he had the lead walls installed in the space of about half an hour, apparently, uh, to prevent the Vardens entering the room on thought waves and reading his mind. Because thought no. waves are like um, alpha and beta radiation, I guess, in that they are stopped by lead. <laughs> huh. Huh. That's how that works. Okay. Maybe. Glad glad to know. I will get a lead hat. Yes. I mean, th- and wear it when I'm in committee meetings so it's people sort of don't ironic. know my thoughts. It's sort of ironic that people who are essentially sentient tinfoil hats cannot get through <laughs> a much larger sort of conceptual tinfoil hat. Mm, maybe maybe that's the sentience conceptual dif- difference. Maybe it's that um, you you can mind read anyone else, but they can't mind read other Vardens. So he has essentially turned the room into a large Varden. <laughs> Sort of like how in Star Trek there are various um, races that the Beta Zeds just can't read. Yeah. There we go. 22 minutes into the record. Mention Star Trek. Fuck yes. We did talk about it before the record also. <laughs> Have you been watching Strange New Worlds? No, but I need to. It's so fucking good. It looks so fun. It looks so fun. I hear that they're setting it's... up to Pring and Spock's divorce. <laughs> They really are. It's fantastic. Oh but, my god! But, but, but I mean, so far they're working through their issues. Are they? But then art. Then <laughs> of course they're fucking not. To bring us alien racist and Spock is a misogynist. There is a great episode that starts with um to bring basically going. So I've been reading up on human sex. <laughs> I think I did Spock see a screen like, cup of that. Yes, it's so good. It's such a great show. He hadn't told the other Time Lords because their minds are too single-minded and the Vardens would be able to hear them. 
Um, he sent that's that's such such a a such a dig. Be such a against everything we know. Time lords think of themselves. Yeah, time lords like they already think in like multiple time streams. Like, mm. um, he sent Leela away to protect her and can now work with Barusa to defeat the modern threat. So fucking paternalistic as well. This serial. Yeah. I just want Leela to be able to stab a Varden, you know? Or just anyone. Yeah. She anyone. can stab me if she wants. Oh, God, yeah. She's sort of like, in that in that way, she's kind of like Jim from uh, Our Flag Means Death. It's like, you know, if they stab me, I'd probably deserve it. <laughs> I'd probably say thank you. Yeah. Um, a new problem has emerged, however, with the ascendancy of the obsequious and compliant Castellan Kellner. <laughs> um, he- That's a, a, a certainly a, a, a string of what? Yes, it's an attempt at an expanded noun phrase. Um, he is being far too cooperative with the Varden occupation. The toadying yet ambitious Castellan. Beautiful. Oh my god. The toadying yet ambitious Castellan soon has Barusa placed under house arrest and starts expelling troublemaking Time Lords from the safety of the capital. With whose authority? <laughs> with whose authority does he do this? Honestly. Hmm. I, I have no further jokes to make about Castellan. He's just... he's just Nothing to say about he's him. He's there to cause problems on purpose. And that is it. But not in a fun and way? not in a fun, like, goose game way. Just being annoying. Yeah, just... He pops up. He has vague homoerotic tension with a Sontaran. And then he leaves. Yeah. Leela, for some reason, has kept her faith in the Doctor. <laughs> Um, yeah. she decides that if he wishes her to leave the capital this is with good reason so she departs for the wastelands yeah she sort of Andred like runs up to her and is like we don't have to get no actually that's the next episode fuck <laughs> sorry I was thinking of a different part Um, so she departs for the wastelands and she is accompanied by Rodan who is they're just like immediate besties which I love because they're extremely different people Um, and I think like Rodan is fairly clearly a sort of proto-Romana in her bearing, characterization, uh, acting mm. style, presentation, the coldness. The... She looks a yeah. bit like Perry, which kept throwing me for some reason. Um, now you mention her, I can kind of see it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so they are welcomed warily by a tribe of outsiders who have rejected Time Lord society and live in the wastelands. <laughs> Because that's it. You either have timeless society or it's scavengers. It's, it's either that's it's it. timeless society or it's Mad Max out there. Like those are the only options. The two genders. <laughs> Time Lords and Mad Max. Yep. Um, uh, their leader Nesbin explains some of the background to his tribe. Back in the capital, however, things are looking grim for the Doctor when Andred corners him and decides to execute him in the name of liberty. God, I wish Andred had shot him here, and we could just have Peter Davison for the rest of the serial. That'd be nice. That'd be funny. I miss him. That'd be very funny. I miss Peter Davison. Yeah, we've not seen our boy in a little we while. We haven't. God, it was The Awakening, I think, and that was some time ago. It has been some time ago. That was episode 38. Oh my God. And this is episode 44. Oh my God. And we recorded episode 38 probably... December? Actually, when is December? it? December? Record... Uh, let me check the recording tracker. The Awakening. December. I have good memory of some things. Ooh. But yeah, I liked... Andrew Boy. points a gun at him. There's a lot of guns in this serial of various types and sizes and varieties. Um, not into it, really. Doctor Who feels like, you know, like, guns on occasion, but, like, the guns in this, they're just sort of used as this sort of empty threat that never really resolves. Um, you don't believe that the Doctor's going to get shot, because obviously he's not going to no. get shot. The, no. the cliffhanger is not very effective, much like the previous cliffhanger was not effective, and neither was the one before it, because the serial <laughs> is not good think I'd stopped caring by this point. Oh, yeah. I think I'd stopped caring by this point. It's probably why I have so little to say about yeah. it. Yeah. It's...
Episode four. I'm sorry. Canine helps the Doctor overpower Andred. The Doctor explains the danger and abilities of the Vardens to Andred, with his TARDIS providing a shield to his thoughts. The Doctor is hoping to persuade the Vardens to fully materialise so he can find their planet and time loop it. For some reason. For some reason, because there's no other way to... I guess that's not completely. He just wants to Claws of Axos it, I guess. Yeah. God, I wish I was watching Claws of Axos instead of this. And that's not even that good. (laughs) At least the master's in it. Yeah. Yeah. Leela has actually that would massively improve the master <laughs> and their causing shenanigans. There we go, solved it. Yeah. Leela has also organised her own resistance movement in the wastelands, comprising Nesbin's people and the exiled Time Lords, all of whom are drilled into a fighting force which soon soon launches an assault on the capital. Very soon, cause this story doesn't understand dramatic tension. <laughs> Meanwhile, the aliens and Kelner have decided the Doctor is behaving in an untrustworthy manner. The Doctor reaffirms his loyalty to them by agreeing to dismantle the final force field protecting Gallifrey from attack. He does not fully disable it, but rather places a large hole in it. The Vardens use the hole to properly invade Gallifrey and appear as humanoid warriors. In space, a ship approaches Gallifrey. Their manifestation enables K-9 to track down their home planet and supply the Doctor with the correct coordinates. This is all so... Like, I literally, like, blinked and this was done and I was like, alright, fine. I was definitely watching this bit and I can't recall I was like, you know what? If this was a four-part serial and it ended here, it would probably be like a two-star. But the fact that it goes on for six fucking episodes, I'm just like, oh my god. Mm, Put us out of our misery. Yeah. Please end it. Sontaran, get me with your laser gun. He uses this to beam the Vardens back to their homeworld and then traps it in a time loop. So anticlimactic. What even happened? And then Leela goes like, is it done, Doctor? He goes, yes. And they all go, yay! With their arms in the air. And I'm just sitting there like, I wish it was fucking done. It's so fucking silly. It's so silly. But it's not silly. Silly is at least joyful. Yeah. It's so ludicrous. Yes. It's it's embarrassing. (sighs) It's shameful. It makes me wonder how the show has gone on so long. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, you've got to have a couple of. I love this show. There, but, oh my god, the fourth Doctor era is not treating me well. I'm not gonna lie. No, there are some bangers. Yeah, they're just few and far between. It seems mm. we'll get there. We've got City of Death. We'll get to City of Death. We've got Horns the Lighthouse of, one, which name I can't remember. Horns of Nymon was oh, good. that was a banger. Um, you're thinking yeah. of Horror of Fang Rock, I assume. I l- no, I'm not. Am I? Yes, maybe. Brain oh, of Morbius is apparently quite good. Yeah, I'm thinking Horror of Fang Rock. Stones really of Blood like was one. quite good. Yeah, I like that. I don't know. Sorry, um, guys. I don't mean to be so down on Four all the time. He's just a prick. And I, sometimes I like a prick when the narrative is aware that he's being a prick. But they don't seem to be that aware of it with Four a lot of the time. Because Tom Baker was just like that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <sighs> finish episode okay, four. Okay, anyway, this... At, at about the same time, Leela and her warriors reach the Panopticon, but celebrations are short-lived when three Sontaran soldiers appear in the chamber, and the leader raises its gun, and the gun cliffhanger. That's where I got confused. Point it at us. Point it at us. Uh, episode five. Fucking nothing happens. End episode. <laughs> I, I wish you were joking. Uh, oh my god. Episode five. Like, fucking... I don't mean to be so negative on the pod. Like, I try to be joyful, and I love recording the podcast with you, Amy. You're one of my best friends. Oh, I love how close Doctor likewise, Who Likewise, this is one us. of our favourite things in the oh world. This episode is interminable. I'm having so much fun hating it with yeah, you. Like, 
I must say, Gallif- I'm glad we can share this special moment. Gallifrey has now been invaded by the three Sontarans <sighs> led by Commander Storr, who reveal that they used the Vardans to open up the force field to let them in and have served their purpose. This reminds me of, like, in Flux, when the Sontarans decide to invade Earth just sort of because. Like, w- w- <laughs> when did the Sontarans... Yeah. Like, the Sontarans have never been, like, hugely complex characters. But at least they were no. sketched as like characters that are doing things for a reason, where they go, okay, Earth will be useful strategically to fight the Rutans. Where f- because all we do, all we care about is fight, 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 fight the Rutans specifically. Whereas in this one, it's like, what's the fucking point? <laughs> they're here because I guess we need another threat to Gallifrey. We're here because we're here. We're here because we're here. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, it's... And the Sontarans, like, they don't ally with people unless they're going to stab them in the back. Yeah. And it's like... And we should know... We know this by now. I think the fucking Vardans would know this because they can read minds! Evidently, the same way that lead protects the Doctor's minds, the helmets the Sontarans wear protect It's that the Sontarans are made of potato. Um, As we've established, (laughs) if they lie down in a potato field, they are camouflaged. (laughs) Oh my god, we've only... Look, there is, a... is this our final Sontaran serial? This is the last one. I don't this know. This is the last one, there's only four. We carved and them all There's already. only four, Time Warrior, really? Sontaran have... Experiment, Invasion of Time, and Two Doctors. Have we got the Sontarans out of the way so early in I our I think run? we're out of Sontarans now. Thank fuck, I do not yeah. like the we need to pitch our trans. We need to pitch our trans-Sontaran colony, that's all we need. <laughs> yep. The rest can go lie in a potato. The rest can go in a bin, yeah. A compost bin. Yeah. <laughs> compost bin <laughs> oh my god but yeah um the doctor and his party escape to the president's office while kelma pledges support to the invaders he essentially like enters into this weird dom sub relationship with commander story at this point he's calling him sir he's calling him excellency like mm-hmm. it's so weird <laughs> why is kelma such a fucking simp for these sontarans stop simping i i don't know i am not a sontaran simp Anyway. I cannot understand. Barusa has placed titanium alloy. Al- alloy. Barusa has placed titanium alloy on the door to reinforce it. The Sontarans are delayed while the Doctor and his party escape through another exit. And unfortunately, there is a tracking shot of them all turning their head one after the other, which was quite <laughs> funny. Um, I don't know if you spotted that shot, but I I did. I, I did enjoy it. I did it was not. sort of one. They all like hear a noise, and then one after another, it tracks as they turn their head towards <laughs> the person until it gets to the Doctor at the front. That was funny. That was visual comedy. I enjoyed that. It was like Edgar fucking Wright for a second. I was like, oh my god. And then like... <sighs> they should let Edgar Wright direct an episode. They did. Day. There was a rumour that he was going to do it when RTD was announced. That he was like, sorry, but this is not happening because that's... Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the invasion of time. Doctor uses his freedom to try to pressure Barusa oh, into revealing to him the location of the Great Key of Rassilon, which... A missing out of the of the presidential regalia. Now they talked about this in a previous episode. Um, I know this because behind the doctor on the wall there was a large portrait frame full of keys, and I turned it to Sam and I said, mm, "I wonder where this key might be hidden." <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it's not actually there, but like, yeah, the, the fact that Parisa for de- centuries has hidden this key in a drawer. Was, who, who, uh, just this is a um, keyhole in a drawer he just goes over under the desk he goes whoop and then he hands it to him and it's just a normal key I'm obsessed just an innocent key it's just an innocent key I'm literally crying over how shit this is 
<sighs> tears in my eyes. I'm crying because of how much I'm enjoying talking about it with you, though. There's tears in my eyes. I'm sorry. Same. <laughs> so the great key of Rassilon. <laughs> On the way back to the TARDIS, Nesbin is killed by a Sontaran. Leela is sad. Boo-hoo. The Doctor looks for the great Ugh. key in a large group of keys that it is on the wall, and Barusa pulls it out of a drawer keyhole and gives it to him. It looks exactly the same as every other key. Every it other glow. fucking key. It's not a special colour. It doesn't have the seal of Rassilon on it. Did they forget to make a prop? And they went, Or did they just oh, think this will do? Key. Um... Bruce's actor find a key somewhere else and he was like fuck escape room rules where is it keyhole here it is here's the key <laughs> escape room rules gives it to him he's like okay okay but yeah um, meanwhile the Sontarans have been trying to get Kellner to widen the gap in the force field <laughs> and um, I hope you enjoy my note here because there's a lot of um, Nesbin and Leela and all of the outsiders and Andrid and everyone they've all been running up and down these endless fucking concrete staircases mm. and at Time Fracture oh, I did think man all these flights of featureless concrete stairs do break the immersion but now I see that it was actually an invasion of time <laughs> reference because Gallifrey <laughs> is a planet of beautiful spires silver skies and respawn stairwells <laughs> The visual design of this serial is a shit. It's shit. It was, what can we get at five minutes notice? Like, they were like, we're going to film on location in a warehouse. And I went, then build a set. But why? Put some some fucking poster board up, you know? Like... If you can answer me why, then I don't like, care. But if you can't answer me why, then I'll hold Black and it. white Doctor Who, they built these beautiful sets. And f- for the fourth Doctor, they're like, okay, we'll go film somewhere with sunlight and that will replace like the moon base. And I'm like, no, it won't. No, it won't. I'm still crying a bit from the keys. <laughs> we should do We should do a real in-person escape room. We really should. We keep saying about this. Also, we should play more of the escape room game. The expansion... We should. We should get the DLC. Yeah. That was a really fun I bought time. Spirit Thrower in the Steam cell, though, so I'm still working on that. I mean, speaking oh, of things that make me cry, yet. Jesus. <sighs> it's very good. I mentioned to someone at work um, that I'd been playing it, and she went, oh my god! I was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh my god. But yeah, so they regroup at the TARDIS where Rodan is put to work using the TARDIS's controls to repair the hole in the force field. While the Doctor explains that the Sontarans want domination over all universes in all time. No, they don't. They want to beat the Rutans. They want to That's beat it. The That's Rutans. it. That's, That's all they care about. They want to uproot them. They Potato joke. Root, root vegetables. Wanna, That's it. That's what I'm doing them. here. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. However, Kellner imperils their resistance when he manipulates the stabilizer banks of the Doctor's TARDIS to try to destroy the resistance force within by hurling them to the heart of a black star. Um, it's objectively bad. However, it's perfect. It is perfect. Like the, the yes. Trek-esque reacting to a moving ship when you're obviously still, yeah. combined with the choice to show it's negative so footage choice. of the Doctor in this moment. Proves that even when it's bad, Doctor Who is a perfect television yeah. show. Yeah, well, you know, you can't have the good without the bad. We must have the yin and the, the yang. happy without the sad. We must have the invasion of time and, I was about to say, the Battlefield. <laughs> they're very much two sides of the same coin. One of them, they're both dreadful. One of them is memorable and one of them is not. Mm. Um... But yeah, you're very right I about mean, that. Again, it goes on for too long because they were stretching the time slot. And I'm like, can you not just go, can you please just show another promo for just EastEnders? Cut them. Just cut them. Please. Anyway, yeah, that's the end of episode five. Been, it would have been a tolerable four-parter. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been forgettable. Tolerable. We'd have got it. Oh, the Vardans are a bit shit. You know, like, I wish they Leela got more to do. But like, 
at least it would be over. Whereas now, like, I watched the first four on Saturday. I had to watch two of them after getting back from work today. And I was like, I don't wanna. I don't wanna. Yeah. Like, Sam got home just as I was starting the first episode. I turned to her and was like, I have to watch more of The Invasion of Time. She was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I was, I was going to moot it for movie night last week. And I said to George, do you want to watch a six-part Doctor Who story with the Suntarans? And he looked at me with such distaste. That's fair. And I'm very glad I didn't torture him He with was this. right to say no he was right he was right I, to say no and i respect him yeah. and i wish i were him I do still need right to now get, um, not talking about the image alex has said that she'll watch the ark in space with me so whenever the ark in space comes up on the schedule uh we, i will nice. be watching it with alex um yeah episode six your turn episode six come on we're nearly there <sighs> the doctor overrides the threat so their enemies change tactics commander store and one of his troopers assisted by castellan kellner gain access to the doctor's tardis they pursued the Doctor and his friends through the labyrinth of corridors oh. for literally ten fucking it's minutes. It's so annoying, and it's like, it looks suspiciously like an abandoned warehouse. They might perhaps be able to get permission to film in, complete with fucking sunlight. Like, yeah, but it's definitely You look away for two minutes, you go, why are they in a stairwell? warehouse when they were stuck in the TARDIS? Oh, it's still the TARDIS somehow? Like, oh my god. Oh my god. Critique portion is going to be so fucking beefy this week. Mm, I think it's going to be a shockingly beefy episode. Yeah. Uh, stories after the Great Tea Key Two. Knowing the Doctor has now persuaded Barossa, has now persuaded Barossa to yield it to him. The Doctor uses distractions to buy time. On the Doctor's instruction, a hypnotized Rodan and K Nine construct a special forbidden Time Lord this weapon, the D Mat Gun. You are now under deep hypnosis. Oh my god. Mm. Fucking John Pert, we would have got out a mirror and like hummed. Fucking God rest you, merry gentlemen, and it would have been so good. And instead, we just have Tom Baker going. You are now under deep hypnosis. Like, yeah, but there's um. Tom Baker no can be very good. He's not here. <laughs> he's he's phoning it in very much so. And yes, it's shit, but like put a bit of effort in. You know, you're getting paid mm. to do this. You're being an absolute nightmare on set. The least you can do is actually act. Yeah. Powered by the Great Key. <laughs> The DMAT gun erases it from the, its victims from it's time itself. Forbidden. The, doc- the doctor takes yeah. The doctor takes the gun and confronts Store and the Panopticon. Store intends to destroy the galaxy for some fucking yeah, reason, I don't know. and the Time Lords and Sontarans with it doesn't make sense. A with singular a grenade, grenade yes. But the- but the blast is cancelled out by the Doctor using the DMAT gun. It obliterates Store, wipes the Doctor's mind of recent events, and also destroys itself. Kalna is arrested and Barossa begins the process of rebuilding Because Gallifrey. now we've got rid of the one bad apple and um, the rest of the police force is great. Uh, and Hate we don't it. need to worry Hate about it. it anymore. It's such a pat resolution. It's stupid. I thought they, that's the entire logic of the story, though. It's cons- at least it's inconsistent with itself. It's not like we've had a very strong story that's then no, let I down know, by a very weak like, ending. It is at least. It could have done something. I don't know. Like <sighs> we could have had some fallout. Yeah, that would be nice. Going, hey, yeah. why did you use a fucking DMAT gun? You erased something from history. Don't do that. Yes, that's bad, actually. <sighs> Um, TARDIS Wiki also completely missed out the swimming pool scene. Oh my god, I know. Um, where I think, is it Barossa who's just chilling by the pool? It's either Barossa or Kellner or someone. Like, someone's just chilling One by the pool. Them, just chilling in the sun lounger. And they could have made this in- episode more interesting by having a Santaran fall into a swimming pool, but they are all cowards. cowards. There's a bit where the Santaran is, somebody hits the Santaran with a sun lounger, <laughs> and the Santaran just falls next to the pool rather than in the fucking Legs pool. Legs spread wide like a slut, yep. Um... 
cow there's um i did put a screen cap in the it's dock. very good also why the fuck is there a giant clamp you ask me questions i don't have the there's this to. massive giant clamp like they go into this weird like botanical section and one of them nearly gets eaten by a giant clam plant and i'm like did the doctor adopt yeah. the giant clam from genesis of the daleks i hope so that would be cute i hope he names it i hope he gets it treats. yeah me too and i did enjoy the doctor whistling hitler has only got one ball i know that it has a real <laughs> i know that it has a real name but all I can think about is it's only got Himmler oh no it's like he'd lost it over the Albert Hall or something like that isn't it anyway um, British cultural references I know it has a name I don't know the name of the tune It's. I think it's again cultural osmosis you know when a thing takes on the meaning that most people think of it yeah. as and in this case the it's the song Hitler has only got one ball this tune is now just Hitler's only got one ball Oh my god. Uh, yeah, let's finish this fucking summary. Let's finish this. Yes. The Doctor is ready to leave, but Leela decides to stay on Gallifrey because she has fallen in love with Commander Andred. <laughs> I'm looking into the camera like Jim from the office. They were just like, we don't like Leela being on the show anymore. Louise Jameson, you must leave. And she was like, ugh, okay. Ugh, are you going to kill Brian. me? And they go, no, we're not going to kill you. And she's like, ugh, what are you going to do? Oh, <laughs> marry you off. Worse than death. <laughs> worse than, worse death. than death and i like they Andrew no fine. like they have he's they have a couple of scenes together and i'm like yeah cute good friends yeah. lavender marriage yeah. maybe that'll be fun <laughs> Andrew gets with narvin from gallifrey audios don't know anything about narvin or maybe with braxiotel that'll be fun and um leela gets to be with uh rodan <laughs> and also romana eventually because obviously yes obviously that would be a power couple k9 decides to stay Aww. behind to look after leela and they both watch as the TARDIS dematerializes. Inside the TARDIS, the Doctor pushes out a box labeled lab- lab- The Doctor pushes out a box labeled K9 Mark II. He grins mischievously. <sighs> That's it. That's the fucking show. Where will he go now? I wonder. Somewhere else. And then it holds on her face for quite a long time. And then it cuts back to the thing. And it's like, yeah, obviously he's going somewhere else. Like <laughs> to remain in this universe, the creature would have to reverse its polarity. Where else would he go? Oh, I think he's going to stay right here. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. And then, like, as you've said, it's not a mischief. It's yeah. not a mischievous grin. They, they cut to a full, just like a, a close hold on his face. The grin is very much like it's a rictus grin. That's the face. It's the face I make when I remember I have chocolate mousse. In <laughs> the chocolate mousse face. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is. Chaotic delight. Chaotic delight. God, end of cereal. This is not mischief. End of cereal. What? Thank for a load of shit. God. Congratulations. We made it. The more it. I think about it, the to... more I hate it. <laughs> I'm very much enjoying discussing it. I'm so glad I don't have to watch it again. Yeah. It's bad. It's bad. The, the, again, this, this might be one for, for the cutting room floor. Now we have skipped talons. We have set a precedent for skipping stories. And I don't think we can use it very often, but I was tempted. Yeah, I mean, we skipped talons because we physically, we like, it took us three months to admit that we weren't going to be watching talons. Ever going to watch it. Like, I might one day finish it just because I watched two thirds of it, but like, so I can log it on Letterboxd and be like, what the fuck are you all talking about? Yeah, I think when we get to the end of the show, I might watch it just to say I have watched every episode of Classic Yeah, that, That's like, you've got but... like five years for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we are going to be running this podcast into our 60s. So. <laughs> exactly. It's going to become a Star Trek podcast. Then we go, this is not a Doctor Who podcast. Um, <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I can't wait. An apple a day keeps the. Uh... No, never mind. <laughs>
he's a bastard this serial and not in a good way yeah, he's um just unpleasant, especially in episodes one and two when he's scheming. Yeah. It's just unpleasant. He just feels very to, un- to he just feels very underwritten. Like there's no nuance yeah. to what's going on at all. I wonder if they were at this stage writing him as Tom Baker's just gonna do whatever the fuck he's gonna yeah, do. Yeah, but it feels early in his run to have that. Like I understand he's tired later on in the series, like after Lala Ward leaves, but at this point it feels like it's supposed to be like the height of his sort of dominance. Oh, I'm I'm thinking the writers, oh, the writers rather writers, than Baker yeah. himself, yeah. Maybe. I dunno. Like this series this was the first one that Graham Williams was being the the story editor or the showrunner. Um and apparently he was sort of struggling to come up with his own like narrative voice on it. Um mm. which I guess makes sense of like the fact that this is complete shit um it was written by david agnew in quotation marks i'm sure we'll get to this in the behind the scenes but david agnew in quotation marks is not very good at writing doctor who no no not at all Um, yeah um stop being horrible to leela who simply wants to be your loyal bodyguard and stab baddies with knives I appreciate your follow-up comment. Yes, like, no wonder she skips the TARDIS at the first opportunity brackets, sexy young man who likes her close brackets. Like, (sighs) chemistry or no chemistry, at least he's nice. And she can always get on with At least he's nice. You know? Thing is, I would bring the sexy young man onto the TARDIS. Yeah, but... (sighs) Then again, if I take them onto the TARDIS with four, hmm, I would not travel the universe with four. He does not have my best interests at heart. (laughs) No. He just has jelly babies at heart. Just man. Does have a good nighty. Does have a good big nighty. I like your comment here with a picture of our best friend. (laughs) Made me think of this man, Steve Steve Bonnet. Bonnet, Specifically our flag means death Steve Bonnet, not the historical Steve Bonnet. (laughs) Yeah, I don't have a a photo of historical Steve Bonnet wearing a nighty to hand for some reason. Imagine. It's also a bit like like fucking Scrooge in any Christmas carol. (laughs) Uh. Uh. Don't like how much he's yelling. Do you like his evil cackles? Yeah, the yelling. It's just it's just not a good serial for him. He's very, very boring. No. Very boring. He is. Whenever he's on screen. Well, the serial's very boring. He's got nothing to work yeah. with. Yeah. God. What a time to be alive. <laughs> At least, as you say, now we've watched it, we never have to watch it again. That's a, that's a win for my Tuesday. Absolutely. Shall we do some companion chatter? Yeah, like, you've just got this note about he's more upset about canine leaving oh, I have, haven't I? Leela. And it's like, yeah, he really is. He, like, builds a new canine. Yeah. And I'm like, but, but canine is a, like, you're, you're cloning him. What are the ethics of cloning? <laughs> it's like that whole thing and, like, about... Like, we've seen the doctor being... Gone. It's like the whole thing about teleporters, where, like, theoretically, they make a copy of you and... You then, die every yeah, single you time. you die every single time, but you have continuous consciousness. It's like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, big yawn. Um, yeah, so we, we have this trend of the Doctor trying to not show emotion when companions leave, knowing that he will always be left. But then the fact that he does show emotion for Canine does He just of... doesn't seem to give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Do enjoy the bit where he tries to convince the Vardens to materialise by having jelly babies. Yeah. He's like, hey, these are these delicacies That's I discovered it. on Earth. They're quite lovely. I do love jelly babies. I haven't had one in ages, though. No, me neither. One day. I have to go. Now look, if you're going to be in trouble, you'll need me to look after you. Me too. But you don't understand. Leela, wife. We haven't actually managed to discuss Leela because Talents of Wang Chiang episode was lost to the signs of time, aka we didn't do a full one because we have better things to do with our time. <laughs> like this. Like this. Um, I love her arguing with K9. It's so funny. It's cute. He's like, Master yeah, told us not adorable. to turn on the scanner. And she's like, fuck you, I'm turning the scanner on. <laughs> 
because she knows what's good for yeah, her. She has her own mind and she knows her own mind. I love her. If you cannot yeah. wish, you cannot sulk, canine. <laughs> she gives him a little scratch. Very, very like, you're mum a, energy. You're a good job, canine. I love them. Yeah. Swimming pool scene. Yeah, it's uh, why is that? Like, what's with the swimming? It's just because they. It's because it's it's why for the, is she it's there? For the dads, Abe. It's for the dads. <sighs> She's the one for the dads. That's. I hate, I hate it. it. Like, Jonathan Dunnett isn't even on it yet, and we already have the ones for the dads. Yeah, what is with the inflatables in the pool as well? Those, those can't be for the dads. It's for the children that fall kidnaps whenever he's in the TV <laughs> comics. <laughs> uh, Discussion is for the wise or the helpless, and I am neither. And I'm like, no, you're very wise, Leela. Stop letting Forneg you. Yeah. Another bit where she's like, I would like a quiver, a bow, a, pa- a pouch of janus thorns, and my knife yeah. back. It's just a woman after my own heart. I love her. She can stab me any Absolutely. day. Absolutely, held a knife to a time lord's throat. Sexy. Also, when she's Sexy. like, Andrew, can I please have my knife back?" And, she, and he's like, "I can't give you your knife back, Leela." And then mysteriously, she has her knife back quite soon after that. I think we just have some gaps to fill in there. She used her wiles to get the knife back. She used her to get the knife back. Yeah. She actually, it's actually a I shotgun would. wedding at the end. Obviously, um... <laughs> the consequences of knife reconstruction. <laughs> Um, yes, and Canine is just... He's so cute. Prognostication impossible in matters concerning Doctor. I love him. It's terrible. Yeah. I love him. And I just love him talking to the TARDIS, even if he does call her a very stupid machine. <laughs> Which is not, not fair. Yes. Possibility of your explanation being better than mine, less than 1%. <sighs> You could just sit here and quote K9 all day. I could. I love doing his voice. Um, and also, like when he's destroying the transduction barrier, there's some good sort of up the muzzle shots of him going pew pew pew. <clears throat> Very and cute. Then he's, Do you need some water? Um, I don't have access to any immediately, but <laughs> I will let you know if I need to go and take a break. Yeah. Also, he's so loud. It's so funny. Like I don't know what's up with the audio mixing this show, but I swear K9 has never been this loud. Like when he's moving around in any way. Yes. Maybe it's all the location work Maybe. they did. Maybe. It's all a mystery. <laughs> it is. Oh, ooh. Maybe I need a second. Maybe. Okay, I'm going to have a little bit more, more of my tea. Um, have a tea. I guess I'll go and get a glass of water. Oh, honestly. I can't believe you try and make me take care of myself, babe. I know, I'm awful. I'll be here. I retaliated by not turning on the bathroom light when I went in. <laughs> Not, not for any particular reason. <laughs> Alright, also I'm using my Ice Warrior coaster. Brilliant, I'm so glad you over. Me too! I love the Ice Warrior so much. I was listening <laughs> to fucking um, Quater, the Evolution of Horror episode about the Quatermass experiment, Quatermass 2, Quatermass in the Pit. Nice. They were talking about Mars and Martians. They were like, well, on Doctor Who, the Ice Warriors were from Mars. And I was like, I love the fucking Ice Warriors oh. so much! I love them. I was thinking about the Isla and Sorg uh, box set that we deserve. Cause yep. you're never not thinking. I about love Isla and Sork so much. <laughs> I need to rewatch Curse of Paladon just for them. They are perfect. Do it. God, Do Ice it. Warriors, Shall- Ice Warriors, Ice Warriors, Ice Warriors. <laughs> Shall we talk about other gay? <laughs> Can things? we talk about the invasion of the Ice Warriors? Am I right? Yes. Let's talk about other gay things. <laughs> thing is if the ice warriors were in the story they'd have been done badly and you'd be upset about it but at least they'd be there (laughs) on your knees all time lords are bad gays we need to do a bonus episode which is a bad gay style (laughs) takedown of (laughs) Rassilon (laughs) why if I be (laughs) Rassilon 
god. Wi-Fi P for the listeners who may not have been on Tumblr in the years 2012 to 2015. Your fave is problematic. <laughs> which would put on equal footing eating meat <sighs> and like sex offenses. Genocide. Genocide, yeah. Wow. Uh, that was a horrible time to be yeah. online. Anyway, um, I like this. Who's the time lord taking the report at the beginning? You're so fucking right about this, aim, and you should say it. This is... This is this Andred, right? I don't know. Is this the time taking the report? I think it might well. They both have good hair, yeah. but this time not taking the report at the beginning. He is a gay. I would like his cape. Should ever I wed, may my wedding outfit be inspired by shithead time. I love the phrasing "should ever I wed." It's very old-fashioned, and I love it. <laughs> You're very welcome. This is how I talk about my hypothetical yes, marriage. Yes, this next one is just, like, blue as. Um, but unfortunately, I did see The Lance of Rassel and my brain generated the phrase The Great Gallifreyan Challenge. Um, because Sam and her mum have an ongoing joke about a, a, a very large um, marital aid called The Great American Challenge. <laughs> Are we talking, like, bad dragon level? It's something like 24 inches long. Why? Because um, it's an American challenge. I'm googling it. Great American challenge. I don't. I I don't need to know. Oh, it's 15 inches from tip to base. Apparently, that's still too many inches. Yeah. Um. This is an article from Vanity Fair. <laughs> Go on. Uh, it has an insertable length of 10.5 inches, a diameter of approximately three inches at its meatiest, and weighs nearly five pounds when loaded up with the batteries that control its vibrating mechanism. Why do I mention this? Aside Meatiest. from my contractual obligation to work a penile reference into every single review. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my this, is god. A car, this is a review of a car. <laughs> <laughs> it's a review of a Dodge Challenger from 2009. Can you please put this in the Discord? Please put this in the Discord. It's a review of a Dodge Challenger from 2009. Um, and it references the Great oh American God. Challenge. Nearly put that in a different Discord server. That would be no good. <laughs> um, right. Horrendous. Yeah. Looking forward to other members of the Discord. <laughs> catch all, Will, Nemo. No, catch! Enjoy. Look at the we image. need to get Nemo back. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I, there's only an image of a gear stick oh there. Oh my god. Well, anyway, uh, I like Andred's floofy pirate shirt and Leela and Rodan are lesbians. God, I just want to get through this fucking episode, <laughs> Let's do it. Let's keep going. Let's keep Leela going. Leela and Rodan are lesbians. Leela and Rodan are lesbians. Please put that thing away. You could hurt yourself. She is a haughty gay. She's just a haughty gay. Yep. Like, Ice Queen. She's yep. like fucking... They're... <laughs> I can't. I can't even think of a. She's got Romana energy. She has Romana energy. Yeah, and also they held hands in episode six. So canonical. Gay. Gay. What's next? Uh, you got a story. While working on the 2020 Time War Volume Three story Unity, producer slash director Scott Hancock and actress Louise Jameson discussed whether to make Leela's relationship with Vega, a woman with whom she lived for many years and raised a child, overtly romantic, and depict both as bisexual. Ultimately, they should have done should've. it. Ultimately, it was decided to leave the exact nature of Leela and Vega's relationship open for interpretation. This was largely due to the fact that, given Leela's long history and how well she knew her character, Jameson determined that such a side of Leela might already have been hinted at. Nonetheless, she described Leela as someone who was all-embracing and had learned to be non-judgmental of others through her long travel in time. So this one, I think Louise Jameson is saying, if she was bisexual, I think it would have come up already. And I'm like, the character was created in the 1970s, Louise. I don't think it would have done. Um, I mean, it has. It has. Because she's in love with Rodan. <laughs> um, and Andred is just her beard. Yeah. And they're in a lavender marriage and Andred is in love with Braxy Hill. I've decided... <laughs> 
I haven't listened to there the Gallifrey go, audios, Claxon. Haven't listened to Gallifrey audios, Claxon. <laughs> I looked up some spoilers and it was very weird. Um, Too many audios. Yes. Tinfoil Sparkle Aliens. Very gay. Kind of gay. Yeah. I thought they were going to be the Sontarans, not just being... Imagine it if, the Sontarans, if they were the Sontarans, they just took off their, like, fucking shock blanket, like... Covering yeah. over, like you thought, you thought we were the Vardans, but in fact, it is us, the Sontarans. That's my best Sontaran impression, the... unfortunately. That's okay. I, 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 I could, I could hear the tone. Thank you. Um, That's Hannibal Lecter. Anyway, the... <laughs> yeah, the, the the vibes of the Vardans are Toyam dancing to Moona and crying in the club. Yeah, indeed, and I've already mentioned the Castellan and Commodore, Commander Store's weird Dom Sub relationship. It is odd. Uh, it's not healthy. Not kink shaming. Genuinely, it's just weird. <laughs> it was quite gay. This serial. The unfortunate thing is that it was all boring as shit anyway, which is always disappointing. Yeah. But it's always nice to have a chunkier yeah, usually, gay section. Usually, then... the the homoeroticism sort of elevates it. But unfortunately, here there's not any sort of queer subtext. It's just sort of like grasping at straws once again. And it's all it's accidental. Just that there's a lot of straws to grasp in this case because there's nothing else to grasp at. We were just desperately trying to find something interesting to talk about in the invasion of time. More like the the invasion of my Come time. On. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I'm so proud to podcast. You know what you. else? Why? Yeah, you know what else is gay? Us for Leela and Rodan. Oh, sure. Lots of people. And there's a woman. A woman. A woman? Hey. Very gay for Leela. I feel like we have covered this quite uh, in depth already. What? That Leela is very sexy. Very, very sexy. Oh my god. Oh my god. She's incredible. She's very well spoken. Very well spoken. She's very traditionally pretty. Yes, she has a very. Skimpy. I don't even know if she I wasn't even going for that I don't know if she's actually that that well spoken in the sense of like like an upper class situation but she just knows exactly what she's saying she's very confident and I'm like yes mm. and she's like yeah are Leela and Andrew enemies to lovers was my question the answer is no um, they were barely enemies to start with but there was the free son at the beginning I do think that Rodan and Leela are enemies to lovers sort of yes um but that's mostly because that's Rodan's approach to yes. everybody. Um, and yeah, not to be a horny sapphical main as you say, but also, oh my god, if I had been growing Everything up in is... the 1970s, this would have done some things to me. <laughs> would this have been very formative oh, for you? Oh yeah, I would have been fucking yeah. reading like the shit, what the fuck is it called? The There's like woman Tarzan, but I can't remember her name. Jane. Jane. Not the woman that Tarzan <laughs> marries. I mean, like... <laughs> <laughs> why have you done this to me <laughs> now i'm a fucking laughing stock people at work are gonna laugh at me for this and they won't even know why they'll go hmm, i wonder why i find this supply teacher such a fucking embarrassment <laughs> god i think that's it for wife like it's just that if we're talking about the architecture of primary schools we yeah, are done with Rodan sexy too <laughs> that's Man. it that's all we got for you Today's science fiction so often becomes tomorrow's science fact. So Leela's romance in Android is undeveloped in the story, as we've sort of hinted at. Louise Jameson was invited to continue her role, but she was unsure whether she would stay on until the end of recording, so a plot device had to be allowed to had to be ready to allow her to stay on Gallifrey. So I can't blame her for not wanting to stay, kind of. It's just like she's treated so badly by the narrative all the time. So badly. Rodan is the first female Gallifreyan to appear on screen since Susan Foreman oh more than a God. decade earlier. Of course she is. This show loves women. Mm. 
Sarcasm. Yeah. This story replaced the cancelled Killers of the Dark story, which is quite something. Killers of the Dark, also known in fan circles as the Killer Cats oh of Gang Sing, was an unproduced six-part serial written by David Weir that was to have concluded season 15. Graham Williams decided that another Gallifrey story needed to be written after the success of The Deadly Assassin and commissioned Weir with the task. It would feature cat people native to Gallifrey who would live in a culture similar to that of many Asian countries. It would also feature a scene set in a gladiatorial arena filled with cat people. When run past script editor Anthony Reid and director Jared Brake, it was cancelled as they believed it would be too hard to film. It was reportedly so ambitious that it would have been too expensive to make even on a film oh budget. God. Williams and Reed <laughs> then wrote Invasion of Time to replace it. Oh my it. god. Well, that sounds like maybe they repurposed this idea for survival. That's exactly what I thought. Um, the name Killer Can- Cats of Geng Sing is based on a misunderstanding mm. of something Graham Williams once said at a convention. Trying to remember the name of the unproduced story, he said it was the Killer Cats of something and substituted Ginseng for the noun he couldn't remember riffing on the sometimes odd-sounding proper nouns used in Doctor Who. This was misreported in the fan press as the Killer Cats of Geng Sing. This was never the real title of the story. Yeah, I feel like people were maybe thinking about Wang Chiang. They were like, sounds about right. Sounds vaguely racist. Excellent. 70s Doctor Who. I'm quite glad we didn't get another racist four... There are going to be other racist four stories, but at least not another one with so many This is a fascinating thing. They're like, okay, we're going to have... Like, I don't think there's necessarily inherently a problem with having an alien culture which is inspired by a real world culture the problem is that the 70s who had already fucked up east asian culture so badly once that i don't think they deserved a second chance um yeah they definitely i do love the idea of a gladiatorial arena filled with cat people though do you think they would have had to release a butthole cut i hope i hope they would have i hope they they would have had such a low budget that they would had to release butthole cut and not been able to replace it with the non-butthole yeah, cut. Yeah, I, uh, me and Sam recently had a go. This was like a couple of days ago. We were watching Flora's Lava on Netflix. Second season is not as good as the first mm-hmm. season. Um, and we got bored, so we decided to try out something else. And I was like, oh, what's this trivia quest thing? The trivia quest is a uh, trivia game that you can play on Netflix. Very low key, okay. quite boring in some places. But one of the questions was which of these films had to be re- allegedly had to be re-released to cover for an unedited cat butthole. <laughs> and it's Sam was like, what? "My favorite film." I was like, "Cats 2019." Sam hadn't heard of it. How well, fine is Cat- Sam? D- 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 Sam knew about the film Cats. She did not know about the butthole cut. That's because she is fair. I not as online. soon as I heard of like she's online, but she's not that online. Interesting. Um, I heard about the fact they were going to patch it and immediately went to the cinema the same day, so I wouldn't see the patch version. I wanted to see the jankiest version of this movie. Possible. <laughs> I think I remember this. Sorry, I just, I just responded to one of Alex's Tumblr posts where she said she was from Southeast London. I went, wow, that's a funny way of spelling Kent. And she just said, in all caps, <laughs> kill yourself immediately. <laughs> just, oh, you love each other so, so much. So much. It's my favourite ongoing bit. To, to torment her with. Initially, initially it was revealed that the Time Lords were not native Gallifreyans, but rather had been permitted to construct their citadel there in return for ensuring the Palanet's populace lived in total comfort and security. It was these indigenous Gallifreyans that Leela met following her banishment. So Chibnall was looking at this, mm. I imagine. Chibnall probably watched But it. also that's so much more interesting. That's more interesting. Yeah, it's... It's a lot more interesting. 
Like, I remember, like, as a child hearing that there was a distinction between Gallifreyans and Time Lords, but not really getting it. And I think that's because, mm. sort of, the idea of it got mixed up in between this and Longbarrow and everything else. Um, I also want to say, I looked up yeah. the guy who wrote Killer Cats, or whatever it was called, um, and he... Killer cats, etc., etc. He didn't hmm. write anything else for Doctor Who, but he did write a couple of things, like a couple of scripts for Danger Man, um, The Owner Didn't okay. Lie in Space, nineteen ninety nine. Um, yeah, so a couple of other things. He did a he did a little bit of sci fi uh, and other stuff. He also did an okay. English language uh, adaptation of The Water Margin. Um, what's, which what's was that? apparently he he like wrote the dub which was <laughs> but he didn't know what the original dialogue meant so he just based the dialogue on the brief plot synopses he was given <laughs> and then it was narrated by Burke Kwok and it's like what? <laughs> certainly a choice why would you adapt a Japanese live action television series and dub it but not get the original script to translate <laughs> That's um that's an awful lot of confidence you have yeah. there. Anyway, so that's sort of interesting. And then obviously Anthony Reed wrote The Horns of Nine then. So he's a Doctor Who yes. hero. Yes. Uh yeah. Sorry, I just I wanted to get that in before I forgot about and I just had the tab open and went, No, another missed opportunity. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, Gerald Blake, the director, had previously directed The Abominable Snowman. He recalled chastising a badly behaved Tom Baker by saying, I remember when you... (laughs) And Patrick Troughton was probably much nicer to the crew. Um, Oh, I hope so. I hope so. Um, Following the troubled shoot, Graham Williams sent a memo to his superiors that in future all directors (laughs) would take this show seriously. They thought it was too funny, which made it tonally inconsistent. And I don't think that's what's wrong with that, actually. I was thinking this, like, the fifth fifth episode turns it into more of a comedy, but that made it more interesting for a minute. I was like, ooh, a comedy, please, I'm begging. Like, the problem Mm. with Doctor Who is never that people don't take it seriously enough. It's like (laughs) that they don't expect it to be taken seriously. Nope. Erdl. Last one. This is more like a fun quote, but from the unofficial production handbook, when talking about how this era of Who happened at the same time as the original Star Wars films, the space scenes in The Invisible Enemy, Underworld, and The Invasion of Time, and the creatures created for Full Circle and Warrior's Gate, were arguably every bit as good as those presented by George Lucas's film. However, the advantage of powerful computers control was not available to the BBC at this point, and Doctor Who had to wait until technology could provide a cheaper counterpart. Discuss. I don't think it was as no, good as Star Wars. No, it was Wars. not. And also Star Wars had a lot more money and a lot more time. And I think it's the time yes. that is the problem. The time. Because this is, TV always has Star to Star Wars has these beautiful like matte painting backgrounds and all this stuff. That's yeah. the stuff that makes it feel epic is the illusion of scale, which is the thing that 70s Doctor Who rarely has, is the scale of it. Yeah. Right? Like, even when it is. Or even like, with the scale of like stakes. Like, the 1960s episodes, I think, had a much better grasp of, like, the size of things because it had to be more grounded mm. because they didn't have the ability to be, like, in space so much. They went, okay, so now we're here and there's this alien city in the distant background and they didn't have anything besides tiny model shots and little paintings. Whereas by the time mm-hmm. you get to the 70s, they're starting to use CSO. The problem is that the CSO looks worse. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like when um, this is just me being pedantic, but you know the thing, nineteen eighty two. You pedantic. Um, you know the thing, nineteen eighty two. Um, uh, no. What, what's um, the thing? It's a very good film, but one of the things that really sets okay. it. Who, who directed John it? John Carpenter. Wow. Um, but okay. one of the John things, Carpenter's one the thing, of the things that really sets it apart. I was listening to the Evolution of Horror episode about it as well. Um, but one of the mm. things that really sets it apart is its use of practical effects. It was there was a there was a prequel made in twenty eleven, and the problem with it is that it uses CGI. CGI is technically speaking like better in like people some people view it as better than practical effects because it's more expensive however (laughs) it does not look as good or at least it used to be more expensive nowadays it's probably cheaper because they 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 aren't unionized anyway (laughs) Uh... Um, i sort of see the point here and i think that the visual design itself can be as effective the problem is the execution of the visual design right like yeah. Like full circle, I think the Marshman look really cool. The problem is that it's all shot in like four three aspect ratio on video, so it looks quite bad. <laughs> it's the direction that's also an issue, which is why when you have Christopher Barry, it looks a lot better. God, I miss Christopher Barry. When's our next Christopher Barry story? <laughs> I don't know. When do we last have a Christopher a while. Barry story? It was a fucking while. I think it, it wasn't. It wasn't the rescue. What was it? Christopher Chisholm Barry. What a fucking name. Um. He did Power of the Daleks, though obviously we didn't get to look at it. Um, he did the... He, oh my god, I forgot he did the mutants. Perfect. Um, that was a, that was a very good one. It's possible the last one was the rescue. Because we did the Romans and... We did the rescue and the demons, like, one one after the other. So... Because hmm. obviously Power of the Daleks, we yeah, don't have any the, of the... Any of the full episodes. The but the bits that there are are very good. So... <laughs> he did the Brain of Morbius. That'll be. Do is that one that exists? Yeah, it's a full doctor one. Good. Of course. Yeah, that'll be interesting. But yeah, I miss Christopher Barry because the direction in Doctor Who can be very good. Our uncle. Our uncle. Yes. Yeah. I mean, look at the the in the Daleks itself. Yeah. The direction when the first time you encounter a Dalek, you're seeing fire its eye stalk. That's some really good direction. We'd all go except Miss Shaw. Oh, just a minute! I'm not going to miss all. No, Miss Shaw. Have you never heard of female emancipation? Liz. This time, I think he's right. I'm not even, like, I'm not a film student. I'm not a scholar of film. As having watched so many films with, like, auteur directors, I'm beginning to understand how, like, the the way that the film is directed and the way that the cinematographer... The, well, there wouldn't be, like, a cinematographer on an episode of Doctor Who in the 90s-whatever. So that would be, like, the camera operator and the director would work together on that. Mm. But the way that it's all framed is so important to, like, how engaging something is. And this episode is not engaging yes. at all. None of it is interesting to look at. Nothing. No, it's very bland. They could have... There's so much you could do with Gallifrey and aesthetics and it's all The wasted. lighting is bad. The staging is bad. The blocking is bad. Everything looks bad. <laughs> How how does it just to jump back to the film stuff? How does it compare to Robert the Doll? <laughs> Robert the Doll three is worse. Um, <laughs> Robert the Doll oh, two boy. is set in a museum, which was quite fun. But it's one of those sort of like like town museums where it's like no, there's no windows and it's all these old shop fronts that are full of like you know dusty old props. That one was the best hmm. of the three. It's still not good, but it had something. That the others did not. <laughs> a certain je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi, exactly. Je ne sais quoi. Um... <laughs> but yeah, like, there's just something about the visuals of it that is very poor. And I don't know, as I said, I don't know enough about it to, like, pin down exactly what it is. But it's just not 
good. Like we said, there's no continuity of motion like between like the cuts. There's no like very simple shot reverse shots. No like flow. the shot reverse shots are all terrible. Yeah. There's a bit The close ups are all so a... close that you don't get There's a bit in episode them. six, I think, where the doctor is talking to a Sontaran and it just stays on him even as they're responding. I'm like, that's a shot reverse shot. Easy. Like I know how that works. Mm-hmm. I've watched like so many like every frame of painting videos and all that. Like I know that much about yeah. editing. I'm not expecting Edgar Wright on every bit, except for the bit where all the heads are turning. That was really funny. But like <laughs> I don't know. There's so many problems with this, and it it just goes down. Like the writing is bad, but we can accept that for a lot of Doctor Who serials that we like, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. yes, because there's more yeah. going on. There's also more brought to the performances. The performances were so static. yeah. Like Louise Jameson is doing so. She's trying so hard. She's bringing it. She is trying like, very she... hard. Nobody's respond. There's no response to no. acting. I think God, I need missing. to try watching Tenko. That's the other thing Louise Jameson was in after she left this, okay. which is like set in a fucking Japanese prisoner of war camp or something in World War Two. So we'll see how that goes. But. Uh, you know at least she's like there she's in various audios that I need to get on because like oh my god Leela um, but yeah and like also like leading on from the direction dirty the, by the technical show. production of the serial is really bad too like I've already harped on about this but the audio mixing on canines whirring noises oh it's awful oh it's my god awful. like literally just watch the beginning of episode one and you will hear the going the whole time yeah. why doesn't need Why? to that. The music's pretty boring too. Why? You've got a note here. There, I've got a note about the music. There's a bit... Um, do, do, do. There's a bit in the end of episode one where they're all finding into the Panopticon and they have like some background organ music. Um, when the, the, it's just somebody playing the organ like a processional. How, how, how? How did pipe organs get to Gallifrey? Who is the organist? Why is the music so similar to traditional church music? I want to, ma- to imagine that the organist here is playing all of the incidental music. It's all diadetic. Oh my god, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. So It's like... That was my thought process. The bit in the IT crowd where there's a, p- a person physically on the swearing like censorship puzzle. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Sorry, I've just seen um, Broke Cannon has a new episode out and it's which Doctor Who companions have killed? Quite a few of them. <laughs> And obviously Broke Cannon goes into the EU, so I'm very excited by that. Um, but yeah, the, what genre is this? This is another problem with the direction of the writing, is that there's no clear Ugh. genre. Genre that it's trying to play. Um, it's genre, it's almost going for a political courtroom drama, which might be why it's so I static. thought it was trying to be a conspiracy thriller, but it doesn't have... It's but not. I think it's... There's no but thrilling. But it's trying, right? Because it's trying to have those angles of like telling certain people certain things and like keeping the truth from various people and trying to maneuver around others. There's a there's supposed to be a level of threat from the Vardens, but it doesn't feel real because there's fucking three of them. Um, and it doesn't like it doesn't have the technical or writing ability to brush its fingertips against the idea of a Robert Redford vehicle from the 1970s. I'm just thinking this because it was yeah. a very popular genre of film in the 1970s, the conspiracy thriller. Um, and it's certainly not trying to be fucking. <laughs> Jaws or something so like okay but imagine imagine Gallifrey and Jaws oh my god if only if only if yeah only. like if, I think that's part of the problem is that this story doesn't it doesn't it's not trying to be or do anything it's just there like a wet a wet mm. fart wet blanket a wet fart <laughs> thank you so bad you. it's so bad oh. um You've also mentioned for being so infuriatingly sexist, Leela. So it goes on. It's 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 ceaseless. ceaseless. It's so horrible. Like it's just 
And we do at least have a two women serial, but yeah, it just hell, it just makes me miserable. Enough. It just makes me miserable to watch. It makes yeah. me angry. Miserable and angry, a fantastic combination of things to feel uh, when you're watching your favourite television show. uh, I mean, one of the joys of Doctor Who is just how varied it is, and that covers quality as well. But it does mean we have shite like this. It's fun. Um, And a slightly more fun point, a bunch of the different Time Lords had different coloured obnoxious hoods. What colour would your obnoxious Time Lord hood thing Um, be? I think sort of a sage green. Mm, Yeah, that would suit you. you. I'd probably go for a mustard yellow. Ooh, yeah, that'll go well. That'll go well. I like to think you'd still have bright pink hair also. Oh, of course. Of course. (sighs) Also, this is another thing just about, like, the the inability of this episode to do anything interesting. Like, this is the most of the TARDIS interior that had been seen up to this point, I'm pretty sure. And it's just fucking warehouse corridors. This is. Why can't they do something more interesting? They're taking no effort to give it a unifying aesthetic. There's no theme. They're not thinking about what it might look like beyond the corridors for more than five seconds. And then, you know, I just wish Castrovalva was here. I miss it. Hmm. I miss Castrovalva. So bad. Yep. Yep. Just the any any thought being given to the TARDIS's living space rather than TARDIS's plot yeah. device. Like the secondary is the secondary control room this series or the next series the wooden control room because oh, that's I interesting. Like people don't like it, but I like that they're thinking about the aesthetic. Whereas this series yeah. just the serial just feels like it's sort of like I said it's just there like a wet fart. There's nothing like it's not pleasant to be around. <laughs> I don't know. God, listeners, please write in with your thoughts on Invasion of Time because when I when I made a joke on Tumblr that it made me wish I'd stand stood on a landmine or whatever. I wish Tom Baker had, like the Fourth Doctor had blown up in Genesis of the Dark and we had Peter Davison instead. They went, oh, but I like the Invasion of Time, and I was like, but what? But I, ne- why? I never get anonymous asks. Why. I never get anonymous asks, and I got one defending the Invasion of Time. Who are you? I need to study your brain. It's gonna, it's gonna be the right <laughs> back from the dead. It's Anthony Reed. Back from the dead. I don't know if I'm. Just... I mean, is that not what you would do if you were haunting somebody? Just send them Tumblr asks. Yeah. Probably. Let me get this straight: a thing that looks like a police box standing in a junkyard, it can move anywhere in time and space. Yes. Quite so. But that's ridiculous. Um, right, Expanded yeah, Universe, uh, I probably won't go through all of this, because, oh my god, Leela, no, later known as Leelandrid Lumsaguina Ekagissima, uh, prose, Good I did job. my best, prose Longbarrow was companion of the fourth doctor, fucking Longbarrow, um, in the course of her time on Gallifrey, Leela became involved in a civil fucking war, <laughs> Leela became involved in a civil war and was blinded. Following Andred's death, she explored a number of alternate Gallifreys and other dimensions and restored her sight in one of them by drinking blood. During the last Great Tide War, she met the Doctor again. Okay, most of this happened in the Gallifrey audios. Hmm, that's a lot. That's... Um... After the war, Leela became a prisoner of the Zanai and died in their dungeon. Her soul was reborn as Emily. Emily is a human child who has who has dreams where Leela tells her about her adventures with the Doctor. Uh, and then I just have a screen cap of the thing about Leela's life, and it's just... <laughs> it's just, this section's awfully stubby, and then it has a list of an insane number of expanded universe things that need to be yeah. added, and I'm like, God, I don't want that to be my job. Um... There's an audio where Leela and Boudicca meet, but tragically it seems that they do not fall in love and elope. So what is the point? What is the uh, point? And then I think I'm going to leave this fucking spiel about audios and everything for another episode. But there is a 
because you're tired. <laughs> There's a second Doctor Range companion chronicle where Jamie and Leela get in a fucking knife fight. This I, I need. need it so bad. This, this I actually have a physical I need it so bad. Before. Apparently this was inspired because there was a different audio where they were like, Leela and Jamie were both in the same story but they didn't meet and Fraser Hines and Louise Jameson were like, well this is a fucking missed opportunity for a knife fight. Uh, I love yeah. them. They're both feral and I enjoy it. Um, but yeah. Uh... And the horrifying piece of expanded universe information that I learned um, is that in Lungmarrow, the Doctor visits uh, Leela on Gallifrey and finds out that she's pregnant. And he's like, hmm, I don't know what a half-human, half-Gallifreyan child's going to be like. Well, whatever happens, name them after me. And then it's implied, and mm-hmm. Mark Park confirmed this, that the child then travels back in time and becomes the other who is loomed to become the Doctor. <laughs> what? Looms! I don't want that to be how it works I hate it when you stand over me and yell looms looms. I'm sat down (laughs) it feels like you're standing over me yelling looms yes Um, and then we have a short trip of the week which is um, it it. is from the Doctor Who magazine uh, issue something like one uh, 78 I think it was 1991 Doctor Who magazine competition to write a story for the Brief Encounter series and it was the winner of the under 15s nice. categories this is written by a young cute. child or teen it's called Affirmative by Daniel Reed very cute read it's about K9 um, he's living with Leela on Gallifrey and he's reminiscing about his Aww. adventures with the Doctor he's like man I kind of miss when I got to like you know run around every day and shoot things with my laser beam oh I miss the Doctor and then like he goes through this corridor and at the other end of the corridor there's this man with a sort of Panama hat and a question mark shaped umbrella and he walks down the corridor and he puts his finger on his lips like shh and he goes and he takes canine's little tag off of his collar as a reminder of his second best Aww. friend oh that's oh very my god cute. and canine goes back and leela's like you miss the doctor don't you canine and he's like yes i do mistress and i'm like oh my god it was very cute and it's not like a page long so i definitely recommend hunting down the doctor who magazine archive and, uh, <laughs> checking it out did you choose it because yes it's i did but also it was cute um so i definitely recommend that one uh thank you to daniel reed probably like m- like 40s now if you're listening very much appreciate this short story all right this takes us down to oh rankings my god, finally What's what's your ex with uh, Unbelievable monotony of the week for having to watch four fucking episodes in a row to cram this in. Because otherwise I wasn't going to watch it. Oh That's, my god. Yeah, I did exactly it's the so same. It's so boring. I know we've repeated this so many times. It's so boring. Oh. Um, I, I think my huh of the week is <laughs> huh, swimming pool. That's pretty good. It's coming, it's coming, it's getting closer. Oh no! Blink 7 has taken over my body! Does it, does it kill to possess you and send your soul to hell every yes. time it enters um, Tom you? Tom Kelly, who plays one of the Vardans, was in the Blake 7 episode Spacefall as Nova. I've seen Spacefall. It's the second yes. episode. Uh, Blake takes the prison transport ship London under siege with help from Kerr Avon and Jenna Stannis. But when the siege falls or fails, Blake, Jenna and Avon are sent to investigate an abandoned alien spaceship where Blake decides to take to, to take control of the ship and escape. This is when they find the Liberator. It's a good episode. We meet Avon because he's not in the first episode and he is immediately perfect. I love him. Um, This episode was edited for all of its video releases. Approximately four seconds were cut where Avon gives a guard a double-handed blow at each side of his head. Something the BBFC said would require an 18 certificate. (laughs) 
Um, ironically, when the first four episodes were originally released onto video, edited together as one long story at the beginning, the offending scene was left intact. The first unedited release for the episode occurred on DVD in February 2004, where it was given a PG certificate. The episode length when edited runs to 52 minutes and 3 seconds. Fair enough. Thank you for that incredible amount of detail about Blake's Evan. Is it going to continue? It certainly is. Um, This is the last time that Blake being framed (laughs) as a child molester is mentioned. It's mentioned a lot in episode one and it's mentioned quite a few times in episode two. And then it's never mentioned again. Um, Good. Yeah, it's it's just a sort of a framing device to go, hey, the Federation is supremely fucked up and corrupt. And you go, okay, great. Um, the only goof on IMDb is, despite the Liberator being a magnificent ship, when Jenna first tries out the controls, the grey panel clearly rocks from side to side as she presses down. <laughs> um, That's beautiful. Yeah, and then Vila... Definitely. Yeah, Vila introduces Blake to Kurt Avon. He's like, when it comes to computers, he's the number two man in all the Federated worlds. Who's number one? The guy who caught him. Oh my god, I think Nova is the one who dies in the walls because the fucking, like, expanding insulation foam gets him. What a fucking episode Spacefall is. One day I'm gonna watch Blake Seven. And Literally not even about. close to Blake Seven, but must mention that Milton Johns, who plays Kellner, was Mr. Rossiter in the iconic CBBC children's reboot, The Basil Brush Show from 2003. Holy shit, that's a... That's the second time I thought about Basil Brush in the last Excellent. two days. Basil Brush, fucking iconic. Ugh. Boom, boom. Um, also, I guess he was boom, in Empire boom. Strikes Black, but like, whatever. <laughs> who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Out of five. Who cares about Star there. Wars? We're getting there. Out of five. Out of five. Two pieces of incidental pipe music, pipe organ music Fantastic. out of five. Um, one and a half stupid forbidden Time Lord weapons out of five. Okay. Where are we putting it? In our rankings. If you go in, you'll see that I yes! fixed our spreadsheet issues. <laughs> Okay, I would be inclined to put it below the twin dilemma and above Wen Chai Fuck it. I mean, that's genuinely how I experienced it, so that's fine. Like the twin dilemma, Colin Baker is giving it his fucking all, so you can enjoy his performance and you can enjoy Mestor looking insane. This just has has nothing. nothing. It's nothing and nothing and nowhere and and no place and nobody. It's bad. I haven't read the novelization because I'm never going to. I will now look it up on the Gallifrey Matrix 200s, whatever the fuck. I can't remember. Mighty 200, that's what it is. The Mighty 200 ranking. It's been like weeks since we've recorded a real episode. I think the last real episode we recorded (laughs) was like. It was Mark of the Rani. That was before Time Fraction. That's about three weeks. No, yes, it was. Fuck. That was over a month Fuck. ago. Fuck. <gasps> anyway, over a month ago. Uh, where do we think wow, it's going to be? Wow, we're bad at podcasting. Uh, the hundred. I'm say 180. And I think that's actually okay. Invasion of time. 155. Fucking. According to fucking who? It's five spaces above the keys of Marinus. Six above Attack of the Cybermen. Planet of Giants is at 163. This is stupid. It's. We it's below Love wrong. and Monsters, which it deserves, because Love and Monsters is, you know... Better, better than, than everyone gives it credit, credit for. for. It's not good, but it's better than The Invasion of Time. Right, so that's at number 155. Uh, and now we move on <laughs> to our outro. God, we're finally... It's been so long I have no stamina uh, for podcasting anymore. <laughs> especially in the evening. Thank you for bearing with for me, God. We did it. We did what... I think we did Remember fucking we well did with two this. two of these All a fucking week. <laughs> that was in the yeah, lockdown times. We were having some times. Right. <clears throat> we were. Uh, thank you so much for joining us as we invaded your time <laughs> by talking about this episode. Um, please tell us what you thought on Twitter at PolaritypowerPod, on Tumblr at polaritypod.tumblr.com. 
rate and review us on any platform you can tell your friends get them to listen we have a lot of fun making the show and it's just nice to share it with people um and next time she's in uh, we have a very special guest joining us to discuss the time meddler He faced the Saxon army at Hastings. He faced the Saxon army and won.